0: Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain.
1: What's up, everyone? I appreciate you all listening on this beautiful Saturday. We've got a lot of fun things to talk about today, including our favorite fan moments where we got to meet one of our favorite athletes. Plus, we'll discuss if we could bring back one former player to join this year's basketball team, who would it be? And how about for the football team? I got some great responses. And later in the show, former BYU basketball standout Jonathan Tavernari joins me to talk about his thoughts on the men's and women's season and what he sees for the future of BYU men's basketball. But first, with me now is BYU TV Sports Senior Coordinating Producer, David Phillips Jr. How's it going, Jr.?
0: Doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. So, we were discussing this before now that basketball season is over you're transitioning more to covering baseball and softball how are you feeling about that transition
0: um good i I personally I'd love to see BYU basketball still playing but that's just how it, they had a great run um but yeah no it's it's fun it's it's nice the warm the weather's getting warmer and and stuff and it's starting to feel a little more like baseball and uh softball season so it's good
1: uh, It feels so good. I'm loving it. All right, you mentioned uh, the men's basketball team that you'd like to see them playing a little longer, and a lot of the local media has been discussing this week whether the men's basketball season was considered a success or not after losing in the third round of the NIT. So we're not going to get into that, but I was curious, if possible, which former player fans would have loved to add to the team to have made it an even more successful season, and we'll get your responses later. But, Junior, I'm curious, who would you choose if you could get any former player to add to the team? Who would it be?
0: So this this was tough because I think sometimes the obvious answer would be Jimmer for, and, uh-huh. or Tyler Hawes, kind of that instant points, But I think I'm going right. to have to go with uh, either Brandon Davies or Yoli Child. <laughs> Someone big, uh-huh. down low. Um, it's hard to choose between this. Two. I think I'll go recency bias. I think we'll go Yoli Child because he could hit the three as well um I like it bring bring him back and I think it would have been a little bit of a different season heck even Gavin Baxter I would have taken Gavin mm-hmm. Baxter back for the season I know
1: really honestly if everyone was healthy it would have been a completely different season but you can't play that game because injuries are just part of basketball and football and any sports it's going to happen year after year but yes if, if Gavin Baxter and others were we're healthy. It would have been a different season, but I'm with you. I, I said, Brandon Davies, Okay. Uh, the yeah. team, like you said, needed a big guy. And, um, he had a great career for the Cougars. He averaged about 18 points yeah. senior year. And that's great for a big guy. And he had, I think it was, he averaged eight rebounds a game and he had a handful of steals. He just was a really well-rounded, solid big. And I don't think he had a ton of injuries either. He just was, he was consistently there for the Cougars. And BYU really needed something like that this year.
0: Yeah, he was such a force, and he was he was so much fun to watch.
1: All right, now same question for football. I think there is some amazing talent on this year's team. Jaron Hall is solid with some great hands at, at wide receiver. Lots of talent at tight end. Kalani has added some standout grad transfers on defense. But which former player would you bring back to add some depth to this year's squad if you could on football?
0: I think I would go with Jamal Williams. I mean, I'm excited about Chris Brown. I'm excited about that, but just a proven back and the personality—you just—it just doesn't get any better than Jamal Williams. He's fun to watch. He's his interaction with the fans, and he was just a beast running the ball. And and you knew no matter what he could run the ball. It was him. And and I feel very confident with Jaron Hall. Like I I thought Taysom Hill, but I feel like Jaron Hall can definitely fill that that role where he can run, he can throw, he can do all that. So I'm going to have to go with Jamal Williams.
1: I love it. And get out of my head, Junior. I thought of a running back too. But speaking of Jamal Williams, he the team was great when he was a part of the team. Uh, but I don't even remember the records. I just remember how fun it was watching Jamal Williams. And he almost let you be a part of his life as fans. Like he was so integrated with the fans and did so much fun stuff. And like you, I loved his personality. But the running back I'm going with, it's got to be a healthy Luke Staley.
0: Oh, I mean. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, he, gosh, with Tyler gone, it's got to be a running back, right? Yeah. Luke Staley, the Doak Walker Award winner, arguably the best running back in BYU history. If his body could hold up, Junior, I think he had the potential to be an NFL great. So if I could add one former player to this year's squad, I would add some depth at running back with Luke Staley.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good call. Luke was so great. I mean, great hands out of the backfield too. He just, oh, it was so much fun to watch.
1: He had a fire about him. And here's what you guys said. Uh, at Sydney, K. Dameron said, I deeply miss the consistency and peace of mind of having Tyler Hawes on the team. That's like you said, Junior. Uh, I felt nervous. I never felt nervous when the ball was in his hands. And for football, Taysom Hill all day long. There just has not been a more exciting football player for BYU, in my opinion. So Sydney went with Tyler Hawes and Taysom Hill. Great picks. At uh, Frankum25 said, that's a tough one. I'd love to see Jimmer Fredette play in the Marriott Center again. This year's team needed a scorer. And for football, I'd love Ronnie Jenkins back. He was Ronnie so fun Jenkins. to watch him run the ball. Ronnie Jenkins would that's be a fun. Good,
0: that's a good poll. That's a good poll, too.
1: Well, we're obviously all thinking similar things, right? Yeah. A, a strong runner for BYU. Um, at Scott Warner 18 said, "My favorite player to watch at BYU ever," referring to Jimmer Fredette. So he's on the Jimmer bandwagon too. At S. Dottel said, "This is hard because I want to choose players from my time, but I think basketball, I'd have to go with Danny Ainge, and football, I'd go with Steve Young, with a healthy Taysom Hill second place.
0: Ooh, Danny yeah.
1: Ainge and Steve Young back. I like that. <laughs> that would be great. I honestly, you know, Jaron, like you mentioned, Jaron Hall, he is a talented." talented quarterback so I didn't even think quarterback at all
0: no I, did, I, I didn't I mean I didn't go there either
1: I mean if you're adding depth like are we talking Steve Young as backup heck yeah right Or Jason <laughs> Hill. I'm. we're all about the depth but um I, I just think Darren Hall's very solid quarterback so I wasn't even going there and uh speaking of former football players the alumni game is this coming week and BYU announced that they are doing a meet and greet after with current and former players and people can come take pics and get autographs signed, and I love that they're doing this. It's going to be the highlight of some little kid's life, and probably a lot of adults too, if we're being honest. So Absolutely. Junior, what would you say is your favorite fan moment you've ever had, where you got to meet one of your favorite athletes?
0: Oh, this is this is tough, and 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 I've I've thought about this, and I, I went back and and kind of back and forth on a lot of things, but I I can remember being 13 years old and meeting. Ty Detmer and Jim McMahon at the same thing. And wow. I had the opportunity to sit stand and talk with him. And I can remember being a 13-year-old and and talking with Ty and looking over and being, I am bigger than a Heisman Trophy winner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> were you? I'm, were yeah, you actually bigger than him at 13? Yeah,
0: yeah I was uh six one. Oh I was I was probably skinnier, you know. But um <laughs> but yeah, I was I was six one at thirteen and I remember looking over at Ty and thinking, you're not much bigger than I am. And I'm 13 years <laughs> old and you won the Heisman Trophy. And just meeting Jim McMahon and just the aura of, of of Jim McMahon. Like Ty Detmer is like the nicest. And and so was Jim. Jim was so great and, and so much fun. But like Jim McMahon, this guy won a Super Bowl and stuff. Like just a legend. And they were both so nice and great and they're talking to like a little 13 year old and it i'll never forget it um and stuff and it was just kind of cool to look at these guys and be like you're not much bigger than i am and i remember thinking like hey i can (laughs) can do do this this. i can do this (laughs) this could be me in a few years and it wasn't
1: (laughs) Nor was it 99.9% of the population that's, that's who thinks true. they're going to do that. <laughs> Honestly, with our jobs, you get to meet some incredible athletes and the luster eventually kind of wears off. You're like, oh, they're just people like you and I. Yeah. So if you guys get the chance this coming week to go out to the alumni game, you got to do it. How, how do you feel about the alumni game, Junior?
0: I, I'm excited. <laughs> we're, we're we're covering it. Um and and so it's i'm pretty excited it's going to be a lot of fun to see some of these guys we had on sports nation earlier in the week we interviewed max hall and we're talking to him and in an perfect max hall fashion uh, we were asking him hey are you ready and stuff like that and he goes yeah i don't know i went out and started you know throwing the ball and getting ready to see if i'm ready and oh i'm ready oh i'm i'm ready to go and <laughs> <laughs> it, it was and i just thought oh my gosh to watch max hall suit up again even if it's flag football and throw it and you know he's going to be talking trash i'm i'm so excited it's just so much fun to to watch some of these players and interact and just see him again and 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 stuff like that so i'm i'm really excited about this i think it's going to be a fun fan atmosphere and stuff nobody loses in this everyone's a winner and that's i think that's great
1: so at BYU TV, are you guys doing doing anything special with the coverage? Are you doing special interviews and stuff so, throughout? Y-
0: yeah, we're going to have uh, Spencer and Jerem on the sideline, on each sideline, doing interviews throughout. So it'll be fun with current players, former players, coaches, and, and stuff like that. We're going to have a lot of all access. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: I can't wait. So if you can't go to the game, you guys, make sure you're watching it. On BYU TV because it's going to be entertaining. All right. Coming up, former BYU Hoops standout Jonathan Tavernari joins me to discuss the Cougs and life after basketball. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McClain. We talked earlier in the show about which former BYU player we'd have come join the basketball team if possible. And here with me now is one that definitely would have been an asset with his three-point shooting skills and energetic attitude. Let's welcome on former BYU guard and forward hybrid, Jonathan Tavernari. Thanks for coming on, Jonathan.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. How's everybody doing?
1: We're doing good, and it's good to have you here. Uh, you played about a decade of international ball and did very, very well. What are you up to these days?
2: Um, I I was somewhat led to retire. My wife and I had some infertility issues as we were trying to um, have more kids and, um, you know, came back to Utah, It started getting treatment. Thankfully, it worked. Um, we have a healthy baby boy now, and, uh, you know, now I've been doing tech sales in different types of um, tech companies, and, uh, you know, just um, did some things on the telecom side of things, now I'm doing things on the financial side of things, and uh, it's been good, it's been great.
1: Well, congratulations on the healthy baby boy. That is so awesome. I'm so happy for you guys. And I have no doubt that you were very successful at everything you do. But for you, what's life like after basketball? That's got to be kind of strange. You've been doing it for so long.
2: Yeah, it, you know, it took me a while to, to figure out how to not practice as much and not work out as much, um, you know. Uh, but it's it's different. You know, the one thing that I've been – kind of adjusting a whole lot to is the fact that, um, you know, I realized that I'm a workaholic and, you know, thankfully the companies that I've been around, um, you know, ever since I retired the last the last three years or so have been really successful. Um, a lot of it has been, you know, me just wheeling things up and to happen. And, and it has to do with the mentality that you build as an athlete and, um, you know, that you develop that, that idea, that mentality, that goal that drive. And, you know, I wasn't playing basketball anymore. So instead of putting up 500,000 shots a day, I was, you know, working on deals, you know, and, and, and following up and, and doing things the right way um, business wise. And it's, you know, it's, it's, an, it, it takes a while to adapt, right. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely around, um, around August or so September, I start, you know, I really miss basketball because that's when I would report, you know, to you know, to Europe for the for training camp, and around probably around March, February, March, April, playoff starts, It's March Madness. You know, those are the part of the year that I really miss basketball because mm. that would be the time that you kind of go towards the end of the season and go to the playoffs and conference tournaments and all of that. And uh, you know, so so a little bit of an adjustment there as well.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I know you've been watching uh, this year's BYU men's basketball team, and I'm going to ask you the same question we discussed earlier in the show. After seeing this year's hoop season, if you could pick any former player from any era to come and contribute to this year's basketball team, who would it be?
2: Um, Obviously, you know, it's, it, it, it's the tempting thing to say is, you know, let's bring up Jimmer or, or Denny Ainge, right, or somebody like, you know, I mean, the Krasimir Chosich and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. I think that this year's team would probably benefit a lot from, you know, Brendan Davies. And I mm-hmm. think that when you look at the way that this team was, um, somebody like maybe Keenan Young or Trent Place did, um, probably a big man, right, because of obvious reasons with injury. But um, to me, we just didn't if we didn't have an inside presence. Um, In terms of being able to score the ball, which to me, it was it was very disappointing because when you look at, um, you know, the way Caleb Caleb Loner plays and you look at the way Gideon George plays, um, you know, and and you look at how um, Foos was idolized and could have been idolized more. It gives you a it gives you somewhat of a woulda, coulda, shoulda, because we never saw fully um, Hey. Let's post up foos and see what he does. Let's, you know, let's figure out a way to post the ball um, to Caleb and let him go back to the basket. Well, let's run a play so Gideon George gets a mismatch and goes to the post. We never saw that. You know, we saw a lot of emotions on the perimeter. And so if I had to bring somebody back this season, it would definitely be a player that was an inside presence on the post um, that would complement, you know, um, Alex, and Spencer and Travin and Gideon on the perimeter.
1: Absolutely. And I love that. I agree with that. And a lot of fans feel if Gavin Baxter kind of, as you mentioned, stayed healthy, it would have changed the season completely. But from your perspective, what was it that was hurting the Cougars there at the end of the season? They had, a, they had a great start. And then towards the end of the season, they started to wind down and then in the tournament as well. What was the difference that you saw in them?
2: I, I, to me, it was more the, their mentality. You know what I mean? I think that they were um, mentally, they were exhausted. And mentally, the pressure of the world was upon their shoulders. Um, and to me, just, you know, the way that they, you know, they had to figure out a way to just win games. Um, to me, that was that was kind of the, the whole issue. The, the team had no sense of urgency um, whatsoever. Um, not all the time. But there were times that you could see on the games that their sense of urgency wasn't there. I mean, none more so than the loss against Pacific. I mean mm-hmm. worst team in the conference, um, probably one of the worst season one one of the one of the worst losses in the entire college basketball um sphere as far as the season goes. And during that game there were spurts of the moment that they were playing out of their mind. Right? That mm-hmm. that we were sharing the ball and things like that, but there were moments when it, defense was like a ago, and so to me, um because of everything going on, because of injuries and a lot of hype and a lot of expectations, to me they were mentally, mentally just—I don't want to say checked out—because they were working hard. You can never take that away from this team. They always worked hard, but to me they were mentally, mentally tired and fatigued from all of the things that were thrown at them, and to me they weren't able to overcome that.
1: Mm. And you mentioned some of the younger guys like Caleb Loner and Foose. Uh, when you watch this team, what was the most promising thing you saw from the team this year? Uh, kind of a positive that you took out of it.
2: Probably Foose, and it's not even close. I mean, I think that he probably he has probably arguably had probably a top ten, top fifteen freshman season ever. Um, and he did really, really good, right? And by by a mile. Um he was the most promising thing that we saw all year. Mainly because he was probably the only underclassman that constantly played, right? Um unfortunately we saw a lot of Caleb regressing offensively. Um, you know, it was he was an afterthought. Um defensively, right, he was solid. Rebounding, he was amazing. Um but you gotta score baskets to win games. And you know, I don't know why it was the reason. Everybody has obviously their own opinion, their perspective of things, but um, you know, definitely hoping that next year, this summer, a lot of things change, and, and that Caleb can be more um, offensively minded. And uh, you know, but uh, the only positive thought that I saw all of this was definitely you know Foos because nobody expected him to be that good. I don't think he expected to play as much as he didn't be that good, and so the fact that he was and he delivered, um, definitely something that. That it it, it gives us a hope that as long as we got some perimeter per, you know, some solid perimeter players around him, you know BYU basketball for the next few years is you know is going to have solid seasons.
1: He really was so much fun to watch, and it was fun to watch him progress. A guy that does know how to shoot the ball is Alex Barcelo, and I I feel like he has been a very special player for BYU. Do you see him possibly getting a shot at the next level, whether here or internationally?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I I, I personally, I think Alex should have left last year. And the reason why I say that, because you got to strike while the iron is hot. Look no further than than, than Zach Wilson. And, I mean, Zach used – is Zach good enough to be a second-round pick? Absolutely. Would Zach be a second-round pick this year? We don't know. But we don't have to know because Zach left at the right time, at the right moment when the iron was hot, did things the right way timing and everything and so it became something that zach did everything that he needed to do at the right time and to me alex coming back this year was uh how do you top an all-american season and you know if he's an all-american this year he might be another you know honorable mention if that but you know i think it's to me he will definitely have a shot to play in europe um in the nba i don't know especially how the game is. And, you know, if you watch Duke Mm -hmm. and Texas Tech and the other teams yesterday and and today, you know how athletic and how tall and long you have to be. But that's not a knock on Alex at all. I think that he can have definitely a bright future in Europe he can go the way of the G League, kind of how Yoli and TJ did. And so he definitely has a chance to play the next level.
1: I love it. I love all this insight. And, Jonathan, you were such a fun player to watch when you were at BYU when you think about your playing days for the Cougars, what do you miss most?
2: Um, uh, the fact that I, you know, um, I was um, probably what I miss the most is just the atmosphere, right? I mean, when you're in college, you're young, um, you don't know any better. Um, playing at the Marriott Center, uh, you know, I mean, we won a lot of games, you know. we, we You know, probably from my freshman year until probably 2011, 2012. That's probably the best six years of, of stretch in BYU basketball history. And um, when I look back, I you know I I don't think about my individual accolades that I won or my records. I think about you know after games when I would be on top of the Cosmo Bill, ringing the victory bell, jumping up and down with Cosmo. <laughs> uh, you know thousands of students surrounding the van um, in the area. Um, I would think back of going to class the next day and just seeing everybody cheering, talking to them about the game, Um, you know, conference tournaments in Las Vegas. I went to high school in Vegas, you know, being able to hang out with a lot of my friends and my people down there. Um, Just, you know, college was a beautiful time. And it, you know, I, I love the fact that now I can look back and, you know, I can, I, I, I appreciate much more now what we accomplished back then. I mean, you know, Six straight NCAA tournaments in six years. We won four Mountain West Conference championships. Um, you know, I won three straight. Four years finishing the top 25. I mean, it, it, the stuff that we did there. You know, for BYU, uh, you know, in BYU terms and in, in, in the way the way our program is, that's just unheard of. You know, we've had a, a, a mm-hmm. drought of winning championships and so on. So I I cherish the most the memories, you know, made a lot of friendships that I stay in touch with them. Um, Lee Kamard is one of my best friends. And, you know, seeing the success that he's having with the girls team is amazing. Um, And so it's to me, the more I grow older, I also grow to appreciate my my time at BYU because, you know, we did things there that had never done before in school history. We won first season. We won 30 games. It was my senior year. Um, and so it's, you started seeing that, Hey, well, we did then it's actually, you know, it's pretty darn impressive because it hasn't been done since or consistently hasn't been done either.
1: Absolutely. And I love that you brought up Lee Kamart. He's, he really has done a fantastic job with the women's side. We actually had him on a couple of weeks ago and he mentioned that you guys, uh, in the Marriott center would play baseball or wiffle ball, uh, with Dave Rose. Is that something you enjoyed to do, enjoyed doing as well?
2: It was not something I enjoyed doing. In fact, um, I, I'm going to find Lauren on Twitter and I'm going to tag you. It was the worst day of the year because he. We always did it after <laughs> like a, a loss or after we had a blowout win, and Coach did it for us to kind of relax and I was just you know, just to me is the magic of of Dave Rose, and he always did it to kind of get us in the right frame of mind. And I hated it. Um, one because I was always wired to practice, and two it was because you know in Brazil I never grew up playing softball or wiffle ball or any type of anything else other than football, <laughs> you know, and soccer or basketball. And I, it just, you know, and there was a day, I don't know if he mentioned this to you that he full on showed up with the entire BYU baseball uniform. I mean, <laughs> he showed up decked as a baseball player and had, you know, just the uniform, the pinstripes and everything. And so, um, you know, it, it, I'm very, very happy for the success that, that the girls team, you know, the women's team are having um i'm glad that lee's a big part of it you know and i'll tell you this about lee out of all the players i played with you know either in the brazilian national team in the olympics world championships out of all the teams i play in the euro leagues and all of that um lee is by a mile the best most complete basketball player i've ever played with and uh, you know i i love him i absolutely cherish our friendship and i'm amazed the player that he was and Um, You know, because Jimmer's senior year was such a big deal and Jimmer mania and and, and rightfully so, he accomplished everything that he did. You know, him and Jackson get a ton of credit for what they accomplished. But, you know, Lee and I, we got three straight championships, which it hadn't been done, and it hasn't been done since, you know, you got to go back to the late 20s, early 30s. You know, Greg Rebell went over this one. Um, And so my, you know, Lee and I cherish our relationship because of how successful we were because of each other
1: that's so awesome and what a compliment to him i love it uh B former byu men's basketball standout jonathan tavernari joining me thank you so much for taking the time jonathan you were incredible and good luck uh with your baby boy and your wife and everything moving forward
2: hey i appreciate it thanks for having me if you guys ever need anything let me know and uh you know as always and forever go cougs
1: all right i love it thank you so much jonathan
2: thank you guys
1: And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Jonathan Tavernari and David Phillips Jr. for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time, or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.